Welcome along. After your week's break from the Herald Express Devon Live Talker United Yellow Army podcast, we're back, back in fine fettle. I Guy hope, and Dave. I hope we find you in fine fettle as well. Well, it's probably probably a relief for everybody to have a week off from. Uh, I think probably what. Uh, uh, from our dronings, but... Uh, I wonder what they did with all that time oh. at uh, Spare. <laughs> well, quite a lot went to Bath last Saturday. <laughs> yeah, we, we really do have much to discuss today, which we will over the next few minutes. Um, a little bit of housekeeping to do before we start. First of all, it's a happy birthday, I believe, to Connor Lemonhay Evans. Yes. Twitter suggests today that Connor is, suge- is um, celebrating his birthday. I think it's his 22nd, something like that, yeah. So a happy birthday to you. And also a get well to the gaffer, Adam Whitmore, who is the gaffer of the... Um, the Talking United walking football team. He oh, works yes. with the Talking United Community Sports Trust. Broke his ankle playing football. Oh, that's nasty. Nasty break uh, about 10 days ago. So, uh, Adam, cheerful as ever, obviously, but um, yeah, best wishes to him. That's a nasty injury, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So, uh, best wishes there to Adam. So, I wasn't at the Bath game. I Where was, were you? I was following it on Twitter from uh, 30 miles from the Russian border in Lapland. Oh, good man. Which was, I mean, certain things have to be done, so I... I, I got your text before <laughs> kick-off. <laughs> it was a bit um, like Father Larry Duff in, in Father Ted, you know, trying to concentrate on the phone while skiing down the steep slope at the same time. doesn't always go well. <laughs> but obviously, I know the bare nuts and bolts of what happened at Bath, but Dave, you're going to have to paint a few pictures for me here. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, there's been much <clears throat> spoken and said uh, mm. about last Saturday and since the weekend um, uh, people coming on the phone to me have you got over it yet Dave and all that sort of stuff <laughs> going mm, you have to you know yeah uh, uh, this is football um, so it was a 3-2 <coughs> defeat at Bath which ended a run of 16, 16 unbeaten, unbeaten league games, games. 10 successive yeah. victories yeah first time this season as far as I know that we've conceded three goals in a league match yeah uh, which is a, another issue that we'll come to in a minute. Um, an extraordinary day in in yeah. many ways, um, uh, uh, both on and off the pitch. And we'll get to one or two issues off the pitch as well in 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 a, in a little while with some crowd issues there, yeah. which is a little bit worrying, um, <clears throat> even though it didn't actually come to much in the end. But um, big day, yeah, a big day in lots of ways. Fixture-wise, results-wise, and because it was Bath away, uh, yeah. and, and there was a huge away following. More than Big, f- biggest f- away following oh, for many years, for many, I many years. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, more than 1,500. I mean, uh, the official away attendance was 1,426, I think it was. Yeah. Well, that was in the away sections, but through the grandstand at, mm. at Twerton Park, there was, I spotted lots more Torquay yeah. fans in there as well. So... Um, uh, and of course, it all came together because of a whole set of circumstances. Woking away from home at St Albans, yeah. uh, first v third v Ver, first Bath v Torquay, a chance for Torquay to put some s- serious daylight between them and Bath. Uh, if yeah. United had won on Saturday, they'd have been ten points clear of third place with a game in hand. Yeah. Um, and a little bit of evidence that some of the chasing pack are starting to wobble a little bit. Uh, um, personally, I think Chelmsford will, will, will push on and will yeah. still be there at the end of the season. But on paper, that was the chance. And, of course, a chance to, as things turned out, to put five points into Woking, six yeah. if you'd taken our goal difference into account, yeah. and that forces them to win both of their two games in hand. 
what happened? United lose. Bath are now within four points. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, and Woking managed to get a draw at St Albans, even though the reports were that they were even slightly fortunate to get a draw at St Albans, and they're now a point behind yeah. with with uh, with two games in hand. So, uh, just from a sheer results point of view, it was a thoroughly bad day. But yeah. I think what <clears throat> got to United fans on Saturday, and we must stress here. United have been on an unbelievably good run. Mm. You know, records being broken. This something like this was probably going to happen at some stage. It was unlikely that United would go through the rest of the season unbeaten, mm. uh, although we all hoped it might happen. Um, and at some stage, because we are in the National League South, because this is a very young squad, the level of performance was probably there was a what Gary Johnson is quite fond of calling an iceberg. Yeah, was yes, probably did, yeah. going to loom, uh, you know, uh, over the port bow at some stage, uh, uh, and it certainly happened on Saturday. Uh, and the fact that you had this tremendous away support in good voice, yeah, and they were the quietest I've heard a United fan crowd of that size. Um, uh, you know that you could imagine, yeah. simply because they spotted very early on, despite the fact that Calvin Kalala missed not exactly a sitter, but getting pretty close to it in the second minute of the match. Yeah, they could see and sense that United weren't at it, uh, uh, which is obviously something that Gary Johnson has confirmed, and because he's a very honest guy and he sees exactly the same game that United yeah. fans do. Now, we, we're jumping the gun a little bit. We'll come back to the match itself in a minute. But we spoke a couple of podcasts ago about how, how Gary Johnson would deal. We've seen him deal with success. We've seen him enjoy success. We've seen him celebrate success with the fans. And we all thought it'll be interesting to see how he deals with the defeat when it comes. And obviously, he spent the game in the stands, ah, didn't he? Very important point. Very important point. Gary Johnson was in the grandstand and quite away from the yeah. pitch side. Uh, Aaron Downs, assistant manager, was there with Peter Johnson, Gary's brother. Um, and uh, we've all seen on occasions when Gary Johnson isn't happy during the course of matches. Yeah, The players tend to hear about it pretty, pretty emphatically, both individually and in group, yeah. in group terms. And... I do think that was an issue. This is no reflection on Aaron Downs, who's only you know been in here in the job you know, for, for something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, and frustratingly, as 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 flat as United's performance yeah. was, and when I say flat, I'm talking in terms of regular playing more regulars over the last few weeks and months. They've seen a pace and a tempo and yeah. a, and a, and a, a flair and a verve and an urgency about United's play. Um, uh, lots of movement that wasn't there on Saturday. Mm. Um, but f even more frustratingly, by half-time United were level at one all. And in the second half, without actually ever going into overdrive, uh, in fact, did they ever get into fourth? I'm not quite sure. Yeah. They still took the lead. And with a quarter of an hour to go, uh, especially just after that penalty, Bath are running on empty yeah, and United yeah. are going to win the game. So the fact that Aaron Downs, for instance, who was on the touchline, didn't, you know, <laughs> wasn't throwing his toys out of the pram, as Gary Johnson might have done, is probably understandable in the circumstances. Yeah. Because it looked for a long time as if it was going to be one of those days where, OK, we haven't played well. 
we'll sort it out afterwards. Yeah. But we may yeah. well end up winning the game or getting a draw. And it's only because of, in the wake of the fact that Jake Andrews ended up missing the penalty, <clears throat> which would have given United a 3-1 yeah. lead, that was obviously disappointing enough. But United were still 2-1 up at that stage and on top. Yeah. And yeah. it was the fact that in the last 10 minutes, United have defensively, all right, bit of a unlucky penalty. I think there was contact from behind by Aza Hall on Brunt. Okay, it's, he's gone down pretty easily, but it's a penalty. Yeah. And then to concede the winner... Which was Four a bit of a soft, time. bit oh, of a soft one as well. Goodness gracious! Yeah, you know how we not stopped the cross from Straker on the left hand side? I'll never know. And then Brunt's got the run on a marker and flicked it into into, into the net. And you just go on top of the Andrews miss. Okay, yeah. and we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, uh, how do you how do you go under like that? You know, defensively. Yeah, that is something that United have not looked like doing yeah. uh, um, for a very long time. In fact. I think the only team that scored three times against Torquay this season is Boreham Wood, and they had they were up against ten, nine, yeah. nine men in stoppage time, uh, in extra time. Um, uh, so it, it just it was almost as if, and we must be careful here not to go completely over the top. It was almost like a, a perfect storm of circumstances yeah. in the build up to the game, and then in the match itself, yeah, uh, end, ends up going wrong. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong. A little bit, much. yes, yeah. a, a, a yeah. little bit. Um, uh, I, I, I put a, a word out for Liam Davis. I thought he was pretty good on Saturday down the left-hand side. And then you start looking around for performances hmm. <coughs> pardon, that you can actually give ticks to, and there weren't that many of them. Uh, the pitch was bobbly. Yeah. It was hard to move the ball crisply and quickly. Yes, OK, same for both teams. Um uh, I, I, do, I do look all the way back at that game against Bath, second match of the season at Playmore, which United won 1-0. I, I think Bath were unlucky to lose that night. They yeah. were a better team for long periods of that match. Torquay eventually got the winner with a late goal by Liam Davis. Um, uh, and sometimes these things, you know, yeah. pardon my cold at the moment, um, uh, sometimes these, these things come back to haunt you and even themselves out. Yeah. You know, So United were lucky to win the game down there. But that had gone, and United had it within their grasp to win that on Saturday, and they threw it away. So talk me through the penalty. <coughs> There's just over a quarter of an hour to go. Yeah. Um, uh, United had taken the lead 65th minute, something like that, with Jamie yeah. Reid, a corner on the, on the um, United's left. Uh, Lemonhay Evans took it. Uh, Bath completely failed to deal with it, and Jamie Reid nudged it over the line from point-bank range, 19th goal of the season. Fantastic. Okay, thank you very much. We'll, we'll take plenty of those <coughs> all, all over 30-yarders into the top corner. That's right. 2-1 anyway, up, yeah. having not played all that well, but certainly on top at that stage. Coming on strong, I thought... And, and by the way, United are playing up the hill at Twerton yeah. Park, so it wasn't as if they were the other way around. It's quite a slope as well, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Uh, and um, uh, you'd think, well, we've got to them now. Bath looked as if they were staring defeat in the yeah. face. Uh, United were on top. Um, and then a, a good little move between Andrews and, and Reid down the left-hand side. Andrew, um, uh, uh, Davis. So, yeah. uh, Andrews, what am I talking about? Andrews and Reid down the left-hand side. Andrew goes into the box. Uh, Leon Davis takes him down. Obvious penalty. Yeah. And almost... It, it happened very quickly, really. There, there, there was no, It wasn't like... That guy at Fulham the other week, where there's all sorts of pushing and shoving with, uh, you know, I'm taking it, no you're not, I'm taking it. It wasn't nothing like that. Right. Andrews clearly, who had, by the way, 
uh, uh, clouded a penalty in in a shootout at uh, Basingstoke a few yeah. weeks ago in the trophy, clearly felt, I'm the man. I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm going to win this game for us, uh, and in in a good way. And I, and I, I, yeah. I, I, Herald Express readers will have seen what the piece that that, that I did in the in the paper this week. I don't believe that Jake Andrews was going. Uh, I'm going to to get the, to to smash this in yeah. and etc. It was. Uh, I think it was a genuine. He is a hell of a good player. A yeah. very yeah. very talented young player indeed. He's got a good career in front of him, and I think he picked that ball up to take the penalty for all the right reasons. Yeah. However, Jamie Reed is our penalty taker, and yeah. uh, uh, so I think what Gary Johnson was hinting at afterwards was that. If a player, whether it's Jake Andrews or the man in the moon, decides to take that ball in those circumstances, you up the ante straight away. And and uh, just, just, so just to dot the i's and cross the t's, he skied. Well, he didn't sky it. He didn't sky it, but uh, uh, he stuck it onto the back of a fairly steep terrace <laughs> uh, uh, behind the goal, packed with the United fans, yeah. in exactly the same way as he had done at at at, uh, at Basingstoke in the FA Trophy. The difference was that that was under under the bar, and this one yeah. was over it. Um, he strikes a good ball, uh, and he, uh, in fairness to him, he he he, he looked absolutely crestfallen uh, yeah. uh, in that moment. Uh, United took him off a few a few minutes later. I don't think that was particularly because of that. Uh, you know, we didn't inquire about that. Um, Gary Johnson confirmed afterwards that the decision for Andrews to take it was taken on the pitch and not on the tu- on on the touchline. Right. So it was down yeah. to to him and and the others around him. I can understand people like Jamie Reid not going up to him and saying no, it's mine because you know sometimes if someone is pretty yeah. adamant that they're going to yeah. take it, you end up with a Fulham scenario. Um, and it's a terrible spectacle that on the pitch as well, isn't it? Oh, when that happens, yes, exactly. Yeah, it, and, it looks like a lack of discipline on the pitch. It quite, happens, which, which you know, I'm glad that didn't happen. Mm. Um, and poor lad, he, uh, you know, then of course things go from bad to worse from that point. United lose the match, um, and uh, you know, I, I watched him go over to the United fans at the end of the game, and you know, he was he was in a. Not a good place yeah. at, the, at that particular time. To be fair, certainly, I, I don't know what they were like in person, but on social media afterwards, the United fans, I think, got, they were pretty forgiving. I think they got the point that you've made in the paper that, you know, this wasn't a player just, it's my ball, I'm taking the penalty. He did it because he felt confident. He has that kind of confidence about him, he doesn't does, he? does, and that's an important part of his game. You know, yeah. I, 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 he... he, he and I, I didn't like, yes, I probably did liken him to Union O'Kane. Okay? A bit weird because they're very different yeah. players. They're built differently for a start. But Union O'Kane, okay, very talented player, mm. will always be fondly remembered at Playmore. Yeah. Um, uh, and when he walked in the place, he was the kind of lad that you'd think you wouldn't mind your teenage daughter going out with him. You know, he, yeah. was, he, he, he was then and he still is now a, a, a hell of a nice bloke. Yeah. But you stick him on that training ground, especially when he finally cemented his place in the United mm. first team, yeah. either on the training ground or in matches, he wanted the ball and he wanted it when he called for it. Yeah. And, and uh, sometimes it used to rub one or two of his teammates up the wrong way, nothing too awful, mm. but because he knew he was good and he knew he could win games. Yeah. And, that, and, and that was all he was interested in doing. And, and 
why wouldn't you? You know, there have been many, many great players in the history of the game, not just at Torquay, but but obviously right across the board, yeah. who have that on the pitch. Ronaldo's got it. Yeah. Messi, I dare say, everybody thinks he's the nicest kid in the world. I'll bet on the training ground if you don't give him the ball when he asks for it. Yeah. He's all over you. And quite right too, because that's football and that's winning games. And Andrews is, is, has got a little bit of that. Yeah. He, I've seen him get impatient with teammates from time to time when something hasn't quite happened. They haven't given him the ball quite crisply enough or quickly enough when he's got some time yeah. to get it. All that kind of stuff. And, it, and it, it's part of what makes him a player and it's part of what will make him have a good career as he, yeah. as he moves on. Obviously, this episode, I, I, I don't think he will forget January the 19th for the rest of his career at Bath City, no matter what he does in the game, and we all hope he goes on and has a great career. Uh, he, he will tell people <laughs> in years to come about that miss, um, uh, hopefully when he's playing in championship nice. or maybe even higher and it, he'll be happy then on the podcast to have been mentioned in the same sentence as Ronaldo Messi and, and you know Kane as well <laughs> whoa steady on Dave yeah but you know what I mean yes indeed. Um, yeah. Uh, you you sometimes in football especially out on that pitch you need that knowledge that you have it in you to change yeah. the course of a match and 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 do it so it'll be interesting to see how he responds on Saturday in the Oxford I'm sure game. he'll be fine I think he'll be fine yeah I think, you know, you might even see another great performance out of him this Saturday. Oh, I wouldn't be at all surprised. He'll be desperate to give it. Yeah. Uh, uh, and if he sticks one in on Saturday, uh, um, his reaction will be interesting. And the crowd's reaction, because I'm sure yeah. the crowd will be solidly behind him on oh, Saturday. Oh, absolutely. Think yeah. The whole social media thing was everybody was... It was a kind of a collective pat on the shoulder saying, you know, yeah. we'd really rather you didn't do that again. But yeah. Understand why you did it. Yes. Now crack a couple of goals in for That's it. That's right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, all good. So before we leave the bath game, the the elephant in the room is the small, noisy, bothersome minority of Torquay fans. Who, what worries me about this, Dave, is that t- teams that we visit should be thinking, "Great, Torquay are coming. Big crowd. Good atmosphere." Good bunch of lads. We'll sell plenty of pies and chips and programs, and we'll all go away happy. But we're getting to the point now where these clubs must think we're a bit of a pain in the neck now, aren't they? I, I think I don't think we're at that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, despite some of the trouble, if you want to cause it on Saturday, as far as you and I have been able to, to, to find, there were no arrests no, on not Saturday. No, as far as I know. Um, and but you could tell from the kickoff on Saturday there was an element of the United support. Uh, probably 15, 20, yeah. something like that. Not all kids, by the way. No, it was the same at um, Western. It was the same at Western Square. Yeah. It wasn't kids up there. No. Uh, all right, I'm sure there, there were some, and there are some, mm. but um, of people who were spoiling for what they would call some fun. Yeah. Uh, and as soon as, of course, Bath scored in the ninth minute, that little element ran straight over to the fence yeah. where the Bath City fans were stood, uh, a bit of pushing, shoving, uh, taunting, etc., etc., etc. There were stewards there, and then, thank goodness, within a few minutes, a number of police officers turned yeah. up, which I think everybody was relieved to see. There were some flares thrown on the pitch later on. There was other potential trouble. Yeah. <clears throat> In fact, after the game, the only trouble that I was managed to track down was actually between some Bath fans, but still, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, I was contacted by United supporters afterwards who were saying how embarrassed and fed up they are with, yeah. with, with yeah. this element. 
How you tackle it, I don't know. Several of those people are banned from playing more anyway. It's difficult, isn't it? And they don't come to the home games anyway. And they tend not to come to their games. United, we won't see them again now uh, for weeks and weeks because they tend not to have the gumption to go to East Thurrock or somewhere like that because, you know, it's too far for them. Yeah. Um, uh, and also, uh, people were contacting me to say that there were police officers posted on the train, mm-hmm. the, the main train that took people back to South Devon after the game. And you think, well, goodness sake, you know, what a waste of well, it, time and effort that is. No, I'm not saying it was a waste because actually probably it was, it was yeah, right to do. Yeah. But, but they, the, the United fans, the law-abiding ones, were, were embarrassed at that as well. Yeah. Uh, and I think one of the, one or two of them were going up to the police officers and saying, "Look, we're ever so sorry about this. Isn't it? It's you know, and 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 you know, you really shouldn't have to be doing yeah, this." That's right. And and you don't have to be all meek and mild about it. I mean, you can be a fervent football fan. Yeah. But you don't you just don't have to I behave think, like that. I think with the point you were making a few minutes ago was about you know the opposition clubs. Yeah. Is that when Torquay go to those games and the, and it happened? I definitely had a feeling of this at Gloucester. Or at Eastham, there was, at Eastham, yeah, there was a bit of, and, uh, bit of bother, there was some trouble, there? trouble yeah. there. Yeah, but of course these clubs, it's a bit, it's a, it's a payday when United yeah. turn up, yeah. especially when there's numbers like that. And these these clubs have to up their stewarding game a little bit, mm. or but yeah. or sort it out between them. In other words, on Saturday, how on earth someone gets in a football ground with flares? these days no. without being searched yeah. and yeah. I know it's a pain for, for supporters to have to be searched when you go into a ground but the vast majority of law-abiding fans would be more than happy to be oh, yeah. <coughs> to have a quick search on the way in the ground and if it takes out that it's happened to us all hasn't it at various oh. grounds you've been searched you've been many times down. it's it's all part and parcel isn't it quite and 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 for fans to get in and to be able to chuck flares on the pitch and by the way there was a couple from Bath as well yeah <coughs> as well as United but we're talking about Torquay here um you know for them to get in with that sort yeah. of stuff on board is poor uh, and what again one or two united fans are saying to me that surely you know the stewarding has got to be a yeah. little bit better I, I, and of course you then have a cost issue yeah you know and and here we go but when you've got a crowd like united had on saturday 1500 fans yeah you know that's a, that's a good nice little learner for Bath City and and I'm this is look we're we're not here to criticise Bath City it could have been anybody yeah um, uh, that that clubs at this level who aren't used to having to deal with these nutters mm. that's the that's the sad thing yeah you know they yeah. Don't, they, they they don't have to handle this sort of rubbish every single week of course they don't and so well, m- most of the places we go in this league you can swap ends at half time oh, can you it's fantastic yeah. the atmosphere has been great the vast majority of clubs their reaction to having talkie in the league has been completely positive yeah you know brilliant coming to play more your fans are the best away fans etc yeah. etc et and then <clears throat> two or three times a season <coughs> beg pardon this element turns yeah. up and it completely you know, it doesn't completely spoil it, but it goes a little takes way. Takes the shine off it. That's, it, a, that's yeah. a better way yeah. of putting it. Takes yeah. the shine off it. Now, I can only see, looking at the fixture list ahead, two grounds where you might expect uh, that element to turn up. Um, uh, what anyone can do to stop them, I don't know. Woking clearly away, yeah. which is yeah. still shaping up as a, as a decisive match on April, April the 6th. The 6th. Yeah. Uh, and Chippenham away, mainly because... 
the ground at Chippenham, Harden Hewish Park, is pretty small. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, you would worry a little bit on those terms. But having said that, by that particular stage, they, they might not bother to go, and thank goodness for that. But uh, and, we, and we'll all hope they won't. But, um, no, very difficult problem. It's very all, difficult It's problem. almost impossible to deal with, because yeah. it's not a problem at Plainmore. These are, you know, they're people who turn up probably at the last minute, get themselves into away grounds, and... Um, yeah, just drag drag the club down a little bit. I'm not saying it's not making a mountain out of a molehill here. No, but, no, uh, it's it just, just it's this is the third time it's happened this season now. Yeah, uh, uh, to to a greater or lesser extent, and we must stress there were no in, uh, arrests that no. we can find out. If if there have been, somebody let us know. But but there were there were no arrests in the end. So in the end, the, a combination of stewarding and police, congratulations to them, <clears throat> yeah, managed to contain it and sort it out. It was just. It was all that United didn't need on Saturday was, you know, yeah. a bunch of those of that lot to turn up. So let's look ahead. Let's look ahead to the Oxford Absolutely. Um, Oxford City at Plainmore on Saturday, three o'clock kickoff. Uh, one thing that I forgot to mention with the Bath game, having been away, um, Opie Edwards is back, isn't he? Yeah. Um, That's good news. That's been yeah. a long injury, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, of course, he, he did this thigh injury originally and then came back and it went again. Yeah. So this recovery, he's 19 years old, Bristol City Championship Club, taking a lot of care of a talented young player. Um, and actually, they are still having him back uh, after each yeah. match just to check that he hasn't yeah. gone and aggravated yeah. the game. So, for instance, this Monday, he was back at Bristol City rather than training at Seal Hain. Um, <clears throat> whilst they gave him the once over, yeah. But no, back. He didn't have a great time when he went on on Saturday, to be honest. But you know, he's a very talented attacking we player. We all know what he can do. We all know we? what he can yeah. do. And, yeah. and and interestingly, that that, that having him and Johnny Kuyniate back fit on Saturday gave United's bench yeah. a much more powerful look. Um, you know. You, Gary Johnson or United uh, yeah. uh, had options on Saturday. Yeah. Um, Keating, uh, Ryan Dixon, Kuyniati, Edwards, and of course young George Burton. So all the different departments of the team were covered. Um, and on, pretty well covered and too. Well covered. Yeah. yeah. Now there has been a change in the squad since we last podcast, and um, Brett Williams. Yeah, um, Brett Williams' contract's been cancelled by mutual yeah. consent. Um, he's on, well, he won't be on loan at Sutton now. I'm pretty sure he's still there as far mm -hmm. as I know. He's scored a couple of goals for them. Yeah. <clears throat> um, uh, and uh, he's left the club. Um, he wasn't getting in at United. No. Isn't that weird? He can't get much of a game at Torquay and he goes straight in at Sutton. And I don't think anybody was all that surprised about no. that because right. the way Seiko Jane and... Um, uh, Jamie Reid and me going the last few months there's no way Brett Williams are going to get one of them out no that's what, um, right from the outset to be honest when Gary Johnson first arrived you could see the way he wanted to play up front which was very much a Reid and Jane double act and it was hard to see where Williams really fitted into that wasn't yeah. it yeah and then obviously you feed into this the fact that he's got a young family who's living in Southampton just had a yeah. little baby born in October time yeah. something like that <clears throat> and um, <coughs> being away from them that led to the loan to yeah. Sutton, and now I think you know um, they've decided to go their separate ways. Uh, uh, well, we all remember the goals he scored towards the oh. end of two years ago to keep us in the national league. Absolutely, um, good luck to him. I think he goes yeah. with with no hard feelings at all from no, anyone at play. No, that's right. And 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 it's interesting, this isn't it? That that 
he went to Sutton United, who are who are in the top half of the National League. Yeah. He gets straight into their team, does okay, by all, goals. By all yeah. accounts, scoring yeah. a couple of goals, laid at least one on, um, and yet he can't get into into, into no. Torquay's team. That's one of the sort of weird conundrums. It was but, almost the same when he left before as well, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, he's he's never he's always been a little bit of a square peg in a round hole at Playmore, hasn't he? But yeah. From a tactical point. Well, of under view. Kevin Nicholson, of course, you know. It, um, I think he described what was that the old Spurs Bulgarian the Berbatov of the National <laughs> League. I think Kevin Nicholson described him as, in other words, a tremendous yeah. finisher, but but didn't yeah. work hard enough. And then <clears throat> he sort of ended up putting him back into the team and yeah. he was scoring these important yeah. goals that helped to keep us up. And then Gary Johnson, he wasn't in the team at the end of last season. No, uh, uh, Reese Healy and Elliot Romain were the two strikers up front, uh, and yet. Uh, uh, Gary Hours obviously hung quite a bit of a hat on him by making him captain and re-signing him yeah. um, uh, on, a, on a contract at the end of last season. And now, of course, Gary Hours only lasted till September and now Gary Johnson has come in and he's also slipped out of favour again. This is So it's been a very weird Strange. two and a half years for, for, yeah. um, for Brett Williams as far as Torquay is concerned. It's a club, by the way, that he views... Very fondly indeed. Yeah. He loved playing for the club, and I suppose in years to come we'll look back and say, "Well, was he a might what might have been signing?" Uh, everybody knows he can put the ball yeah. in the back of the net, I mean, um, and it'll be interesting to see where his career sort yeah. of goes from yeah. now. Everybody at Playmore wishes him the best of luck. Hell of a nice guy and a popular player, and worked very hard at the captaincy behind the scenes. Actually, yeah, yeah. Um, not a natural choice of captain. I think when Gary Howe was made in captain, it was a surprise. Was new raised yeah. eyebrows, yeah. but he actually worked quite hard behind the scenes to make a success of that. So um, no, we, we we wish him all the best. And what news of the the, <coughs> the loan deals being tied down? This because of course it's fortnight since we podcast, all four, isn't it? All four of, uh, yeah. are with United to the end of the season. Um, the the the, the uh, uh, there are there is a recall on a couple of them. Yeah, possible recall, but but um, I think it was a huge plus when those the four Bristol City loanees were nailed mm. down. I think that's a massive. Yeah. Well, I think. Doesn't take a blind man to see that, does it? Um, uh, and uh, also, the, the, the contract stuff yeah, goes on. Yeah. I understand that at least one more may be done this week before United play Oxford City on Saturday. Who are the ones that are still to be done? Jamie Reid, top of the yeah. list. Um, uh, uh, ben Winter yeah. hasn't re-signed. I mean, obviously, we Gary Johnson hasn't specifically said which ones he's offered contracts mm. to, but I think... We can take it. You'd as imagine that, uh, that, that, that would. Yeah. that's right. Um, so you've got Jamie Reed. Uh, this is the players that immediately spring to yeah. mind: um, Kuyaniate, Ryan Dixon. Those yeah. are the obvious four in the squad at the moment. Uh, and then, of course, on top of that, you've got George Essiman, who's out on loan at Dulwich Hamlet, and yeah. Jason Banton, who's it doesn't seem to have been still, around for an awful long time. Still theoretically on loan, isn't and he? He is yeah. still the- theoretically yeah. on loan yeah. at. My goodness, I'm having one of the senior moment here. You wrote it. You actually put it in the paper. Whether, show, whether it's yeah. yeah, but having said that, I, I managed to get Paul Buckle uh, working for um, uh, 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 Charlton Athletic you rather did. than Southampton. So uh, um, it's it's. I can't find it here. No, no. Anyway, he'll, he'll turn up. Those somewhere. two are on loan: uh, Essiman and and and, and Banton. Um, and yeah. we're speaking before today, before Gary Johnson's weekly press conference and we'll we'll certainly see if we can nail those two down what, yeah. what the latest state of play is on those two interesting
Okay, so let's look forward to Oxford specifically. Then Bobson Ballings in the Oxford side. So and Joe Ostler. Joe Ostler yeah, as well. he's, he's yeah. the captain and very much the defensive kingpin at Oxford yeah. City, who, let's remind ourselves, are one of the four teams to beat United this season. Yeah, we owe, we owe them one, don't we? <coughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um, uh, United lost 1 0 at. Um, um, I keep calling her name the Ground Park Lane. It's not Park Lane. It's something else. But uh, it's, uh, it's uh, another talky nightclub. It's probably yeah, it's, it's <laughs> um, the four hundred or something. Yeah, like that. it's uh, on the all-weather pitch there. Yeah, uh, not everybody's favourite surface, by the way. Um, United lost one nil there in August time. I think it was. Yeah, uh, a bit of a controversial goal. Uh, was this the offside? Yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 the goal that Sean McDonald maintains was not hit the first that's goal. That's right. Legitimate um, goal. Uh, scored by Rob it. Sinclair, who who. A, a little bit uh, similar to one or two of the clubs at this level um, at, at this time of year and even building up to it. The gates at Oxford City aren't very good uh, mm. and um, Rob Sinclair, very experienced ex-Bristol Rovers player and also the centre forward Matt Patterson have already gone to get them off the wage bill. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, he scored, he scored the goal then, no longer with them, and neither is the centre-forward. But they've got a, a Shimanga, a, a striker who scored 12 goals this season, which yeah. is a pretty good return for a team like that. Um, so I'm sure they'll be set up. They lost at home to Gloucester on Saturday, so both teams have had a bit of a dap over the nose last weekend. Yeah. Um, and uh, have a... Have a I think people used to call it a sort of retrieval mission, didn't they? One, I think it's more like <laughs> yeah. badly need to get back on the horse again. I think a lot of the fans are looking forward to. I was talking to uh, talking to my mate Jim this morning, who was talking about look really looking forward to the Oxford game in a way more now since Bath because yes. Torquay will have to regroup, they will have to dig in, um, and they're going to have to come up with a performance, aren't they? I think uh, somebody said to me this week the other day, oh, you know. Uh, um, I think I'll have a couple of quid on United getting five or six on Saturday. And I went, I, I understood exactly what yeah. you meant. Yeah. But football isn't like that. No. You win the game first and yeah. you beat the opposition, however you do it. Yeah. And if you get the chance to score three or four more in the last half hour, you go and do it. That, that, that this, it's, 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 an, it's asking for trouble to say, oh, I think we'll beat these four or five. Yeah. It doesn't happen like that. No. Oxford will come on Saturday. They will dig in. They will try their absolute darndest to frustrate United. If they manage to get a goal on the counter-attack, you watch out yeah. then. None of these things fall into place exactly as you think they will, as we know now from, from last yeah. Saturday. Yeah. And, and you win the game first, and then you start thinking about enjoying yourself later the, not, the not niceties before. come later yeah absolutely um you pointed up a, a little bit earlier on some an interesting fixture pilot well woking have got a vital well, vital is, period and so have we haven't we yeah up? this this is very important now because we're late united have got what 16 games left something yeah. like that we're almost into the last third of the season you can almost start <coughs> counting them <coughs> off now can't yeah you? Yeah. And, and, of course, United, uh, Woking in second place, have got these two games in hand. And as things stand, they are effectively the leaders. Yeah. Um, I'm in the camp that thinks, I wish they would get in front. And then, uh, I don't, of course, but, but in other words, I think it's quite not, you know, chasing is, is, yeah. is often better than, than being mm. chased, isn't it? But the fact is, Woking have got these two games in hand, and they're going to use them up in the next few weeks. They play twice a week now. For the next five weeks, ten games in five weeks. Now, one of them is a Surrey Santa Senior Cup tie. Yeah. But the fact is that their squad is going to be in action now. Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for the next five weeks. Yeah. Important spell for them, obviously. Mm -hmm. 
United now go into Oxford City at home, East Thurrock away, down the bottom, etc, etc, etc. But United fans, quite rightly and understandably, are looking for, ahead to the possible next crunch points of the season. Yeah. And you can't help, obviously, the Woking game away, which is on April the 6th. Yeah. But, and that's important enough. But from Woking's point of view, it's even more important because they, in the space of three Saturdays, play Bath away last Saturday in March, Torquay home first Saturday in April, and Chelmsford away, who are currently fourth, I think, yeah. the following Saturday. Yeah. And Woking and Chelmsford have a bit of history anyway. So for Woking's point of view, <clears throat> they've now got to get this squad through these next five weeks, yeah. playing twice a week. And then that Bath away, Torquay home, Chelmsford away in successive matches could define their season. Nothing United can do about it. Nope. You have to just let them get on with it and keep your fingers crossed. Apparently they struggled a little bit at St Albans last Saturday. They only drew one all. St Albans a bit unlucky not to win it. But they drew yeah. and United didn't. Um, and uh, they're a thoroughly solid team. They haven't got a huge squad, neither of United. Um, uh, uh, Kretschmar, the guy who's been scoring goals yeah, for them from yeah. midfield, is back from injury either now or any de any yeah. week now. Good play. He got one against us, didn't he? <clears throat> he did. In the cup match. That's right. Yeah. Um, and funnily enough, looking back to Woking, Gary Johnson was saying on Saturday that, that the Woking home game, which was his first home match yeah. as well, when United were two down at half-time and he, he ripped into them. He made United, those two changes just before half-time. He made the two changes just before half-time. United came back and drew two all. Mm. And Woking, to their great credit, walked out. The assistant manager afterwards and said, what do you mean uh, two points dropped? He said, we were lucky to get one in the end. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and last Saturday at Bath, as Gary Johnson was pointing out, was the first time that United have let themselves down, if yeah. you want to use that phrase, since Woking, the first half against Woking. And, and <clears throat> it, it, it's... You know, I know it sounds like a kind of a bit of a excuse, but United were never going to go from Woking in September to next April no. uh, without no. what Gary Johnson is fond of describing as a little iceberg along the way. One or now, two here and there. All right. Yeah. An iceberg has loomed. Uh, United have been holed, yeah. hopefully above the waterline rather than below the waterline. Uh, and they've now got to patch it up yeah. uh, and get it into full ahead both and 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 for John yeah. and and everybody hopes and believes uh, and has understandable and right right confidence that they can do it. Now after what we've seen in the last week or so, everybody was kind of assuming that it would be Torquay and Woking trading blows at the top, and one of those two teams would uh, would win the title, and the other one would probably get the playoffs. But do Torquay and Woking need to be worried about Bath? Um, I don't think they need to be worried about them. No. I, I think it was interesting on Saturday that Bath um, uh, United had them beat with fifteen minutes to yeah. go. Um, that's not not to say that Bath aren't a thoroughly capable team mm -hmm. uh, they're strong in midfield where they've done United twice now this season certainly in the first half on Saturday and again at Plainmore yeah. they move the ball well um, they've got two uh, uh, decent attacking fullbacks now they've got Straker on the left and yeah. now they've got a lad called Leon, De Leon Davis in on loan from Cambridge um, they don't muck about at the back 
uh, Freddie Hines, that they, they play a kind of 4 5 1 yeah. or 4 4 1 1 formation with this quite pacey Bristol City. Here we go, low knee up front, Freddie Hines. He would have been in that same under 23 team that we played in. I'm a pretty friendly. sure he scored twice. He did, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, and he went to Wrexham on loan yeah. almost immediately because I can remember you know, saying to Gary Alice, cool, he's useful. Um, and he tur- I remember him turning to me and he said, yeah, he's going to Wrexham, Dave. And, and I said, oh, what a shame. Went to Wrexham, got injured, hardly kicked a ball for mm. them and ended up back at Bristol City. And he's now gone to Bath, took his goal really well. Mind, yeah. mind you, yeah. he had enough time and space to do it with on, <laughs> on, on last Saturday. Um, again, United giving the ball away cheaply yeah. in the build-up to that. But, um, uh, and I think he's hugely important. If they can keep him and keep him scoring then I think they've got a real yeah. chance. Um, uh, there's a very good spirit in that team. Uh, Jerry Gill has always been strong on that. Um, there's a bit of belief there now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got good support, bigger than most in, in, yeah. in this league, but they are part-time. Yeah. And, and luckily, not luckily for them, fortunately for them, they're through most of the Saturday, Tuesday midweek stuff. Yeah. It's interesting that, that, that when they played Slough away in a midweek game recently, um, uh, that they Andy Watkins couldn't play. He's a teacher, yeah. teacher in in Launceston, by the way, in good Cornwall. Grief. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, what a, that's a trip, ha- isn't it? What yeah. hell of a good lad he yeah. is as well. Um, Ryan Brunt, I think, was either injured or working. Mm. Um, you know, quite a few of those lads have got other jobs. Yeah, but obviously much easier to cope with that at weekends mm. rather than mid- the, the, than midweek. No, I, I can see them. They've got two very winnable games coming up. Gloucester away this Saturday, Hampton and Richmond home the following Saturday. Um, and it'll be interesting. Chelmsford, the other team that that, that, yeah. that, uh, that interests me. Um, United drew their nil-nil on the first day of the season, watching like watching paint dry from both teams. Uh, but Chelmsford, with, a, with an odd blip, are starting to come on strong now. Uh, Reese Murphy, who was on loan at United yeah, last yeah. season, and I thought we was, all like the look of him. Uh, well, we? and and just got injured just when he looked yeah. as if he was finally coming to the party. Has scored goals for them, and I think will continue to score goals. So uh, I don't think it's obviously it's not a two horse race anymore. Um, mm. And I would think you're looking at at four. Having said that, United have still got enough yeah. under the bonnet yeah. to do this. Uh, whatever Woking do, United can't control. Um, they have just got to get back on yeah. a, a, another unbeaten run similar to the one they were on before and they're capable of doing it. Is it six teams in the playoffs again this year? Is that, ex- uh, uh, that well, wasn't it's, an... it's, it's, it's the, the winners go straight up yeah. and the next six. Then it's the next six. And the, and the top, the, the team finish second and third get mm. a bye, if you yeah. like, into the semi-finals of the playoffs. Seventh play fourth, fifth play sixth. Yeah, or the other way around, and then the two survivors of those go away to the second and third clubs. Yeah, and wherever you, the higher the higher in the the, the, the league you are, the better chance you have of yeah. being at home right the way through the playoffs. So, but what I'm saying is that with these teams, with Bath and with Chelmsford going well, and with the teams that will come into the picture towards yeah. the end of the season, um, the playoffs is not going to be easy to get through, are they? Well, all no. the more incentive for, oh. to to take that, and we've seen as that. if we need it anymore. But you know, what no, I mean? and we've seen that in the national league when we were in the national league. This, yeah. this miserable system whereby you know you, 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 there's only two clubs up. Uh, um, you know, in other words, you have to win the damn thing yeah. against the Lincoln Cities and the Tranmere Rovers and yeah. all the other ones to to to, to get up. Um, and isn't that an interesting league? 
uh, warming up now with Solihull Moors, who none of us can believe are their second now, yeah. going like a train in front of their huge crowds at uh, <coughs> at Solihull. Anyway, um, no, uh, it's I, I'm not quite sure about the playoffs in the National League South. You've got clubs like Welling, Billericay. Both of them having financial issues. Yeah. Welling have just yeah. got rid of two of their most expensive players because their crowds aren't aren't supporting the increased wage bill. We've seen what's happening at Billericay. Well, you can't predict what's happening at Billericay. By the time we finish this podcast, something else will have happened at Billericay. There you go. Uh, Concord Rangers. Yeah. Um, United murdered them at Playmore, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Um, and yet they're still chipping still away there. Yeah. Um, uh, and then you're looking at people like Dartford. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. You know, United have already won there. Uh, that, that, that's also another interesting little fact that, that I think the defeat at Bath was the first time United have lost to any of the top eight or nine clubs this season. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all their defeats have come against weird teams like Chippenham and Hampton and Richmond and Oxford. Um, they hadn't lost to any of the top. No. The, the top half clubs, if you like, in a way. I think Oxford are about 10th yeah. now anyway. So, um, yeah, it's... Uh, you don't want to be the team that finishes second, do you? If you can possibly avoid it. No. The only thing about... The, the, the only plus point about finishing second is that as long as you win your semi-final, yeah. you will be home in the final. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's the, there's a big incentive to finish second, slightly less incentive, although it's a good one to finish third, where you don't want to finish is... Fourth, fifth, sixth or seventh. True. A few little bits of housekeeping to finish off um, with at the bottom of the agenda again. The Hemel Hempstead game has been rearranged yep. to February the 12th. Yeah, that's right. Um, Tuesday night. Uh, when Woking are also playing. I've forgotten who, who they've got that night. They, they've, they've got one of these Tuesday, Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday things uh, um, in, in February. Yeah, the 12th away to Hemel Hempstead. That won't be easy. No. And um, South Devon College, the official opening of the new facilities up at South Devon College happens on Friday, happens tomorrow. Oh, does it? I didn't realise no, that we've was already official. Seen it, yeah, we've, we've, yeah. yeah it's, it's already been up and running, yeah. uh, as quite rightly too, you, these, these things need to be up and running. United played their under-18 South West Counties Youth League yeah. match there last Saturday morning, beat Champion Sports, who I think are a pool Wimborne team, um, yeah. 7-3. Um, and they've got and, a game there on Saturday. And they've as well, got a game they? there this yeah. Saturday against uh, Siren Sester. If anybody wants to go along and support them, it's, it's open to the public, isn't it? You yeah, can, it is. Go along. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, also, that team has balanced up a little bit. When I say balanced, it, there's obviously been uh, um, since United have effectively left Torquay Academy, which who's yeah. all weather pitch yeah. they've been using for quite some time. Um, uh, Torquay Academy have played a very important role in getting United's youth, new yeah. youth scheme kind of off off the ground and running but United have gone over to South Devon College now where the facilities are ridiculously good yeah. um, and more of those players are being pulled into United's team there was I think there was the majority were from South Devon College last week but yeah. um, certainly five I think four or five Torquay Academy boys, which is good to see in the United uh, um, lineup last Saturday. Olaf Kozela managed to get four, uh, and another lad, Isaac Beardsmore, I think got got a hat trick yeah. in the win over uh, over Champion Sports. So um, that will be based at South Devon College this Saturday. I hadn't realised that it was the official opening tomorrow. Uh, the so, official opening yeah. tomorrow. And if you want to go up and have a look at the facilities, watch a match on the pitch. Highly recommended. A couple of little stands to stand in as well. Yeah. Um, Saturday morning. Why Absolutely. not? Absolutely. 
And finally, congratulations to Paul Buckle. Yeah. Who's, um, who's um, got, a, got a new job and a good one as well. Well, he's the assistant coach or assistant manager of the Southampton under-23 team, yeah. which, of course, under-23 football's taken a bit of a hammering from a lot of people in the game recently, hasn't and, it? Because, and us, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, because, you know... <laughs> It's not as competitive as it might be. Well, I can't imagine if Paul Buckle's still anything like the Paul Buckle that you and I knew a few years ago as manager of Torquay. I imagine it will get fairly competitive. They won't be cutting quickly. any corners at Southampton. No, that's right. Um, and, so, and to be fair, from we talked about under-23 football previously as being a, the no-tackling league, but we've got four players in our team now who've come from an under-23 side at Bristol City. Yeah. And they're not doing bad, are they? No. And, and, and I think... That's in, in, in the talks that nailed them down yeah. to stay at Torquay. There was quite a bit of interest from higher clubs for yeah. people like Lemon Hay Evans and um, Andrews and uh, Sekujane. Um, but <coughs> you can say, well, <clears throat> he would say that, wouldn't he? But Gary mm. Jobs is absolutely convinced that this is the right place for them. At the moment. Yeah. And I understand why, because it is competitive. Yeah, they are going to get kicked from time to time. There is a huge amount of stake. The crowds are decent. Yeah, and they want to win promotion here. Well, uh, let's. We can all think of a few clubs either in the National League or League Two where they might go. Would they be guaranteed to get straight into those teams and play ninety minutes every week? <clears throat> possibly, possibly yeah. not. Um, is it more fun playing for Torquay in front of two and a half, three thousand at play more every week? as opposed to one or two clubs that you and I could think of a bit higher up? Well, this, no, I don't think so. As you pointed out in the paper this week, the attendance at Twerton Park was bigger than any gate in the National League and bigger than Yeovil, Morecambe, Forest Green, Crawley, Blackpool and Rochdale, and two of those are in League One. There you go. So, um, uh, no, I, you know, it, it's and, and that, of course, wasn't as big as the, the gate at Playmore on Boxing Day mm. uh, against um, Truro City, so... No, I, I, I think, and, and also, interestingly enough, I'm sure if any of the four players, Edwards, Lemonhay Evans, Andrews or Janney, had really wanted to go back to Bristol City and on to somewhere else, they yeah. probably could have put their foot down and say, no, I want to finish here, I want to go back and on to somewhere else. Yeah. Not one of them did. No. That they were all happy to come back to Torquay United, which is a, which is a, a pretty good plus in my book. So there we go. We've recovered, hopefully recovered from what you describe as a dap on the nose at Bath yep. on Saturday. Looking forward immensely to the game against Oxford on yeah. Saturday, it's, next Saturday. I'm sure United will go off from the first whistle against Oxford. Whether we end up seeing some of the spectacular early goals that we've seen over the last few months is in the lap of the gods. I'm sure Oxford will know they're in, a lot, in for a long afternoon after about five minutes on, on Saturday. And that's absolutely as it should be. Um, uh, good luck to United. Uh, uh, it may take them however long it takes to to get through. Yeah, uh, that's you know Oxford City will not come to lie like to roll over and lie down, um, and United just have to yeah. work as hard as they, as they always have done, and I'm sure they I'm sure they will do. Um, it's a winnable game, uh, the same as East Thurrock away the following Saturday, and the same three points are at stake as they were last Saturday. So uh, um, let's have them. No more. No, let's have them. <laughs> So we'll be there. Do come up and say hello. It's always nice to um, put some faces to names and, and, and to hear what you think about the podcast. We will be doing Quiz Ball again at some point in the future in response to a question that I had this week. Probably, perhaps we'll do an Easter Quiz Ball. Oh, get on. Yeah. We'll do, yeah. yeah High yeah. days and holidays for Quiz Ball. I think we'll, yeah. uh, we'll do another one sometime soon. 
Thank you very much for listening. This has been the Herald Express Devon Live Talking United Yellow Army podcast with Guy Henderson and David Thomas. Uh, leave a review somewhere if you like. Tell everybody how much you've enjoyed it. Um, even if you hadn't, we don't mind. Uh, we'll be there on Saturday. And as ever, come, come on, on you yellows. yellows.